back to Duke Welcome ba- back. Welcome back to Duke Basketball Junkies. I mean, somehow there's been five games since our last episode. Uh, what a whirlwind. Uh, crazy, right? Like, we did three months of podcasts or four months with zero games. Zero content. No content. And, we, you know, we come back and there's been five games. Three comeback victories, really two dramatic comeback victories, a win... Uh, win at this PK80, our, our, our side of the bracket. Uh, motion it, side of the bracket. The motion side, yeah. Uh, okay. They're trying it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a cool event. There was a lot of good college basketball over Thanksgiving. And we somehow skirted to victory down the stretch in all three, uh, all three tournament games. Before that, we played Furman and Southern. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk too much about those two wins. They're sort of in the past already. Uh, but the three wins that we just had in this tournament feel uh, feel like very worthy of discussion. So let's get into it. What's sure. going on, Peter? Well, ha- Happy well, Thanksgiving. Was your, was your holiday good? It was excellent. Did you get to watch all the games? I watched not all of them live. I watched, but I did watch them. Yeah, I know you had some traveling to do. Uh, but before you brush Furman and Southern underneath the rug, yes, let's talk. Um, I did Southern just want to say one thing. You know, Grayson Allen has this amazing game against Michigan State. He's averaging like twenty-five and a half points a game. He's shooting like sixty percent from three. And against either Furman or Southern, he has like a a game where he only makes one or two baskets, where he only scores five or six points. He doesn't play that much in the second half. And you just chalk it up to, eh, it was just variance. You know, he might not have just had an off game. And then he had another off game, then another sort of, like, he hasn't really had games where he's been stellar. And so I feel like possible, you know, is it possible that you're concerned about him? Not even on my mind. Not even on my mind. I mean, I hear what you're saying. He had that huge game against Michigan State when we needed him to. We just don't need him to score 30 points a game. Uh, hey, if you oh, shoot, we, know. we like him to shoot <laughs> we well. Know. Well, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. But Considering this team only has two outside shooters. But like two. I don't think he felt the need to, to carry the load offensively against Southern or Furman. Uh, but guess what? Down the stretch against Texas in the second half, and in certain parts of that Florida game, yeah. he became ball dominant and executed super well. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about Grayson. I'm mostly... Super excited about Marvin Bagley, the T-Rex of the Duke Blue Devils. Bam. I mean, how crazy was his numbers and his performance? How excited are you about Marvin Bagley, man? I went back and I listened to episode 30. Yeah. Our expectations come into the season. Yeah. I mean, we sound like assholes talking about Marvin Bagley. Because... Because uh, I thought his game was a little sloppy. Um, I still think his game is like a, a tiny bit sloppy. Yeah, I mean, he course, still turns the ball over, travels a little bit here and there, especially yeah. the beginning of games before he gets warmed up. Um, He's uh, he, I'm warm, I'm warming up to uh, Marvin Bagley. I mean, I was, you're I was, warming up. Huh? I was slow. I was slow to warm up to him. He is. He's incredible. Oh my He's God. incredible. I mean, we can nitpick like three or four things, which. Over the course of this pod, I'm sure we will, but... Whatever negative things we say about Marvin Bagley... He's the dragon. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it, he's as dominant an incoming player as he's the most dominating incoming player we've ever had. Mm. Mm. Okay. Nobody, nobody's nobody's been like this. Coach K after uh, the Florida game and his press conference, he just kept making these facial expressions and he's like, "We've had a lot of guys come in as freshmen and score thirty and fifteen more than once in the first ten games." Not. <laughs> he basically said not. I mean, he didn't say that, but he's a cornball. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's interesting because all the guys are talented, uh, but you know, sort of my takeaway from these three games as like happy as I was that they won the games, right, and that they they played well and made big plays, showed a lot of grit down the stretch of these games. My big takeaway is that they are. Um, a very immature basketball team in a lot of ways, and in particular some of the guys. Uh, and everybody's got room to improve. Um, so while I don't think they're like an all-time great team now, because look, they're they're down in the second half against Portland State. They're down by double digits with you know not that much time left in the game against Texas and Florida. We're down by 15 in Texas. I, I feel like we're down by six, nine, nine or ten minutes left. Yeah, we're down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, under Florida, ten minutes Florida, left. We're, like down we're down fourteen. I mean, they're, they're, they showed a win expectation. We had like a one point nine percent chance to win against Texas at one point, and I feel like we had a two percent chance to win against. Uh, yeah, Florida, Florida had us dead to rights. I know Texas pretty much had us, you know, in, 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 in as bad a spot as as we could be in at that point. Uh, so. As great as I feel about the wins, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of meat, uh, yeah, on the bone to uh, to get into. Well, before know. before we get into the nitty gritty players and games, let me ask you this question: <clears throat> um, Are you higher on this team after the PK eighty or lower on the team? Uh, well, I'm lower on the team. Okay, I'm lower on the team. I, I love a lot of the players. And actually, well, I think your, it, your expectations were so high. You were talking about like two losses, right? Well, it just well, we didn't know, right? <laughs> we didn't know. We, we know only, much more now. We, we had much more now. Yeah, very partial information. The only <clears throat> like very competitive game we played was Michigan State, who was ranked number two. Yeah, we had beat them without Bagley in the game. Right, and so that set up like the possibility that we are the nuts that we got it mm. right. Okay. That, that set up that possibility. Right. That, but we knew there were, there were you know, some, sure. some uh, pitfalls to, sure. to thinking that. So we could at least let ourselves think that way. Uh, or I did. I was happy to entertain those thoughts. Turns out, I think it's more interesting that they have a bunch of weaknesses. And You think it's more interesting? Well, it's more, yeah, I think it's more interesting for us, you know, talking about the team okay. rather than like, yeah, we're all-time greatest, we're going to win every game by 30 or 40. Guess what? We're not, and like, why aren't we? You know, I mean, obviously because the guys are young, but yeah. like, really, that, that's why I'm interested to talk about it. Um, what do you think? Are your your thoughts higher or lower I, than before the, this, this tournament? It's definitely lower. I mean, I'm happy we won. I, I really feel like the last two games were exhilarating and ecstatic after the game, but um, I mean, surely you you have to agree that. You thought we, we weren't gonna win. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I mean um, so, so like like we, we should have we should have So had, we won those games. Right. But and Texas we, and we blew it. 
Right? They missed yeah. free throws. They they missed. They kept chucking up threes like their bigs were chucking up threes. Yeah, I mean, we made the plays required to win yeah, the game. For sure, we executed and we earned down the stretch, no doubt. But I just feel like we easily could have had a couple of losses. And, yeah. You know, obviously our, our opponent's going to be different if we had lost to Texas. But, you know, we, we could have had a couple of losses. And... You know, Florida seems like a fantastic team. I feel like I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't make the second week of the NCAA tournament. But Texas is unranked. Well, I think Texas proved proved themselves somewhat. Uh, in this. I thought so. Then I looked at the rankings uh, this morning, and they're they're still unranked. Yeah, so who, cares? Like who, top, cares? who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Top thirty, thirty-five team. But what you guys? <clears throat> when you talk about all-time great teams, yeah, the, you dominate. Teams like that, you dominate yes. all teams. Yes, but Texas as an unranked team, I, I felt like no, we are not an all-time great team. As we, we have like a small, small chance, we have but a, we're we're not. We have a chance yeah. to get there in four months, but we are not. No, no doubt, you're right. Yeah. Texas isn't a top five team, yeah. and Florida, as good as they looked in this tournament, I think Florida's a very good team. They're very good. They're tall and long, and yeah, like sort of like they looked NBA type. They're all tall. They got I, wingspan. I love They're the style threes. of threes. Yeah, yeah, I love the style of play. <clears throat> they are what where basketball is going, right? Especially in the NBA. Mike White. I mean, Jay Bill seems to think the world of him as a coach. I thought all three teams we played this week were excellently, really, really well coached. Portland State was really, really well coached. They're playing I, I fully, very modern basketball. I fully expected a full on brawl with Portland State. They yeah. seemed. Like, they were ready to, to fight. Deontay North was tremendous. Yeah. Oh, he's a head case. What, 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 what a case. dunk down the stretch. What he, I, I've never seen a player just self-combust like that. I mean, he was, you know, you'd you think Grayson has problems. Man, that that was brutal. And then he comes back and he has a great game the next day. And I looked at his oh, stats. Oh, he did? Yeah, he, he's been tremendous all season. And he doesn't start. For some I, reason, he doesn't start. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe he's because he's a head case. Yeah, maybe he doesn't listen. All right, but uh, but but generally, you and I are, are in agreement that despite us being really happy that we won the tournament, we're sort of lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, sort of lucky. Well, we should have lost. <laughs> Texas should have beaten us. If they just make their free throws, they beat us. Yeah. You know, they if they make one more play in that game, they beat us, and. Florida, Florida as well. I mean, Florida went cold from three down the stretch. Right. If they don't, they beat us, right? Yeah. Like, we very, very, very easily could have lost either game, obviously. We have to make a ton of baskets, and they have to go totally cold in both games. Listen, we made the plays down the stretch. You can't take. The result is we won. Of course. Portland State, too. I mean, how lucky are we that Deontay North fouls out? I mean, they were only down five with... Eight minutes to go in the game there. Fouled out, not even on the court. Fouled out sitting on the scorer's bench waiting <laughs> to check into the game by saying something to the ref. And that that gives us a technical free throw. Yeah. And then he's not in the game. We, we, we have momentum at that point. They're all flustered. We score a quick alley-oop uh, dunk to, from Grayson to Wendell. Yeah. And then that's it, right? I mean, we'll probably win that game anyways. We're, Pro- yeah, I wasn't we're, too we're, worried about that yeah. game. But in both... The Texas and the Florida game, I pretty much just resigned myself to a loss. But, I mean, occasionally teams pull out these improbable yeah. victories. Well, hopefully hopefully, what happened here is 
we made all the mistakes that we're going to learn from. Not that we're going to make no mistakes ever again in the season, but these are going to be teaching points, lessons learned. Yeah. We won't have to necessarily take losses and learn these lessons the hard way. It was very humbling, I think, for a few of the guys uh, and the team as a whole yeah. to not just coast in these games against, even against Portland State. Like, that's a little embarrassing for the program. Uh, now, those guys were older. They were all like 22, 23-year-old, you know, JUCO transfer juniors and seniors. They looked like they could kick our, kick our ass in a, in a brawl. I don't think so. They were little. I mean, they looked mature, but they were they were they, looked, they, they were they tough. Looked, they were they tough kids. Thuggish. I liked them. They they looked like they were ready to throw down. Yeah, be careful with thuggish, and uh, yeah, thuggish. And, and Texas is a talented team, but again, unranked. So it's definitely like uh, we get the thrill of victory. We also get the humble pie. It's almost like we got our cake yeah. and got to eat it too. Right. Uh, in a very, very memorable week. Hopefully it helps with, with team development. I'll be interested to see how some of the guys respond to sort of some of the coaching and some of the performance on the court and whether they like make the obvious improvements and adjustments they need to make. Um, so uh, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to focus on some of the positive things first because there were so many positive things. Sure. Uh, I asked you, we, we talked about preparing a list of... Uh, our most positive takeaways, the things we we're most impressed by, um, whether it could be individual performances, something the coaches did, uh, something the team did, uh, stretch a play, a particular play. Um, why don't we uh, why don't we go through some, and uh, we'll see if we have the same ones. Okay. All right. We'll just go uh, trade back and forth. Just things we're happy with about the team. Things we observed this week in these three games. That we are very, very happy with. 35. 35, what's that? Marvin Bagley. Oh, it's his number. <laughs> he's, Not, ama- he's amazing. Teddy Ferry's probably all right with it now, right? He's, he's amazing. Um, <clears throat> his touch around the basket inside six feet is just insane. His, his wingspan is insane. His second jump, the re-jumpability after coming down the ball is insane. It is uh, insane. His defense is insane. His hands. His yeah, hands on that. It's not just the jump. His, 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 his closeouts when he goes to three. I mean, he can guard one, one to five. He's, he's. I mean, he is the trump card. He's. We've got this guy, and you guys don't. That's a big, big advantage, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I was incredibly, of course, Bagley is the biggest win, you know. From 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 the week, like he he comes off looking amazing. He, it was incredible with the ball in his hands, on offense. He was hard to very difficult to stop. You know, uh, I thought he made good decisions with the ball. Pretty good passer. Really good passes. Like it's I was really impressed with yeah, some of like, the passes. Like he knows when Wendell's open. He's very conscious of of Wendell. You could really feel like they're a team together on offense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he looks for the three-point shooters quite enough because sometimes well, we, don't, he could. we don't have that many. Well, you know, Grayson. What's he going to pass it to Trey Duval? Listen, it's fine. I love, I loved his decision making. I love that he distributed some. I love that he took it to the hole when he needed to take it to the hole with confidence and flair. And I loved the offensive rebounding when he didn't have, when he had the ball in his hands, when he missed, he was like 
he did he doesn't love missing, and he's right after it. Yeah, that's another thing that um, I was pleasantly surprised. Like he seems very competitive. You know, when we're down Super. ten or twelve, I mean, he gets really fired up after a big play that he makes. I mean, he clearly wants to win, and he hasn't done anything douchey. He's yeah. he just seems like a great guy on the court, great teammate. And I agree, super competitive. He wants the rock, which is great, but he yeah. also shares the rock. And then even when he doesn't get the ball and the play's not for him, on offense at least, he's, I mean, how many offensive rebounds did this guy get? Yeah. Uh, even when he's out of position, he just, and he doesn't <clears throat> foul often when doing it, which is very impressive. He doesn't go over for the For a back. big guy, for sure. For anyone, anyone I mean, trying to contest. He's averaging, what, just over 11 rebounds a game. Just over a third of those are offensive. And, and when he comes down with an offensive rebound, his defender is not going to be able to stop the shot attempt he gets after he gets that offensive rebound. It's like an easy two, almost always an easy two. Yeah, his, uh, his body control and his hands, catching those lobs, you know, some of those are really difficult uh, catches. Uh, just overall, five stars to Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Holy cow. <clears throat> Can we nitpick his game? Um, or are you going you want to keep things positive for the first half? These are the positive. <laughs> these are the positive things. Is it a, I mean, he did so much. He had such high usage. Of course, he made some mistakes. But we'll, we'll, I got a few. I got a few. Yeah, let's not forget. We will not forget. I got. It, I got it written down. So Marvin Bagley, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. Uh, give a big thumbs up to, to Grayson Allen, in the moments when we needed someone to sort of make plays when Duvall was out of the game, yeah. when Duvall was, like, struggling, especially against Texas. Against Texas, yeah. Duvall had six turnovers in that game. And it, it was clear... Uh, Coach, positive, positive. Yeah. It was clear <laughs> Coach K, uh, he, just, he just sat him for, like, a, a good stretch. He took him out of the yeah, game just with eight down. or nine minutes left yeah. and didn't bring him back yeah. until Grayson fouled out. I think O'Connell was he in the game. Him. And he, and Grayson was the point, and he he did a really good job facilitating. Phenomenal yeah. job. I mean, he, I want to say he sank a few threes in that Texas game in the second half, but he really facilitated the offense, made a lot of good passes. He was yeah, he was making the right kind of <clears throat> lob plays. He made some drives and dishes. Yeah, and I like that that stretch of play in particular was I just thought phenomenal. And then even the rest of the time, like he fouls out, and he still. A team leader on the bench, you know. During that overtime, he's yelling stuff out. He's, you know, they um, they take that four point lead and get fouled, and Grayson's like telling him the huddle from like it's, he's like he's one of the coaches. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's embracing that Quinn Cook kind of leadership role, and uh, I don't th- I didn't think he played particularly bad in the other games either. Um, you know, his shot. He didn't get as many shots off. They're really. Trying to guard, yeah, you guard know, a shot. He, he's got a wrist injury. He he ha- he hasn't practiced. Um, I didn't hear that. Yeah, cut into his practice like he, where he just didn't practice. Oh right, right, right. Apparently, he has some type of wrist injury. I'm assuming it's on his shooting shooting wrist. Which okay. Is, you know, obviously bad, and that could um, explain all these games where he's put up single digit points. Okay, fair enough. He did make some uh, plus ath- athletic plays as well. He had that jam. <laughs> Against Portland State? Hit a jam. Early against Portland State. Early against, I feel like. Was it Portland State? Yeah. Where he came from, you know, it was early the corner in the game. three. It was early in the game. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a thunderous, thunderous jam. 
And then he had a, a play in, in Transition D, one of our few good plays in Transition D for the, for the week, where he kind of like got beat by a little guy, got behind the play, timed the jump, and like threw it back. Just this, uh, I don't know if you remember the play. I think it was against uh, Texas, actually. Uh, yeah, it was against Texas. He okay. just made this incredible leap. The point is, like, he's he's displaying the kind of athleticism that that we know he's he's capable of, and we didn't see a lot last year. Right. Uh, so it was good to see, uh, even though he apparently has a some version of a wrist injury. We can never find out exactly what's wrong with these guys or how long it's you know. Yeah, he's got a wrist injury. He's got a That's wrist it. injury. Yeah. All right. He missed practice. He missed a few practices. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Grayson stepped up when when we really needed them as well. Yeah. And. I really like that he's deferring to Bagley. Um, I like I like that he's recognizing where the ball needs to go, and who's got the hot hand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind him being a little more selfish, and not making that extra pass to Trayvon to shoot the, the corner three and figuring out a way to, to get a shot. Do you, do you think Trayvon Trayvon should be instructed not to shoot any more threes? I uh, will save it for the Trayvon. <laughs> I mean, are you sure you don't? No, want to, I, I, I don't, sure you I don't, don't think, want to go good bad because we're gonna forget all these bads. Oh man, the bads are right there. Yeah, I mean, do you wanna? Do you wanna? Yeah, sure. Do, do what, say what you wanna say. Trayvon from three. No, no, no. Grayson Allen. Yeah. Portland State, first time all year. Like I want to say, especially in the Michigan State game, as well as in other games, he's tried to rise above all the negativity that's around him. You know, like. Opposing fans are going to just boo him mercilessly. You know, opponents on other teams are going to try to bait him into doing something like physical. Portland State was the first game where I saw him engage in that negativity, where he got teed up for taunting. Yeah. You know, he, I, w- I want to say he made a move, he got fouled, and they just started clapping sort of obnoxiously. The ref teed him up. Coach K sort of went ballistic on the sideline, and then luckily for us, somebody on Portland State started whooping back at, at Grayson and got teed up so it was offsetting. I mean, so I actually had a conversation with somebody in Chicago about this. Mm-hmm. Do you think Grayson's talking trash or like he's being an asshole on the court all the time? Because I, I feel like he's actually a pretty good guy, and I that's what I tell people when they say, oh, this guy's a dick. So do you think talking trash means you're a dick? I mean, what, do, what are you saying? Uh, I'm saying... Like Joel Embiid, right? Know, Talks making a headlines. Trash, All he does is talk trash, and like right. he stared down Donovan Mitchell after he blocked his shot, and <laughs> Mitchell got up and shoved him, and then Embiid flopped the other day. Yeah, I mean, but it was funny, right? Yes. So, okay. so I think some of it's about okay. how you use your image. Like Grayson Allen doesn't have a good image, so Grayson Allen does. has an image that prevents him from really engaging in all the extracurriculars that goes on in a basketball game. When he smiles, because people think, "Oh, he's smiling because he's he's a jerk." Instead of like, oh, he's a fun-loving guy. So like, whatever. There's just too much baggage there okay. to really figure it out. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I think he's conducting himself pretty well. I, I yeah. love that he's competitive. For I said sure. it last year. For sure. I but in, in the Portland State game, was that a warning sign? The play that was more interesting in the Portland State game was when he wound up on the floor on that play where Wendell yeah. Carter got mixed up in something. That's, a, that's again, like, but is, did he you baiting, see, but, is he baiting his opponent? But did you see what he did? The guy stepped... The guy Over like, him, and then he just sort of straddled him for a little bit of time. Yeah, but Grayson... 
almost looked like no. <laughs> his elbow came up. He put his arm up. It looked like he was like mostly no, trying to defend, defend himself his, like, yeah. to make sure his head wasn't going right. to get hit. Yeah. But you know, if you put that in super slow motion, it it, it it was very that was the exact kind of play last year where if he had just been a little more aggressive, like there'd been a problem. What I'm asking. So is, he kept it together. Is, do do we have to worry about him at all? Like. Let's, I don't think we need to worry about it. I don't For think example, we need like to... one year ago against Elon, he just has a meltdown on the bench, obviously also in the game. So, I mean, I have to imagine he and Santa Ana are just going back and forth at it all game. I have to imagine in the Portland State game, Portland State players yeah. and here just going back and forth all game. We talked about it last year. We just don't know. We're not in there. We don't know what he's saying to people. But, like, should we be worried about it and talking about it all year this year? I mean, Hell no. Who's going to talk about it all year? It's just... I mean, if something happens, let's talk about it. But And it, it kind of came close. It like, sort of happened. It looked like maybe it came close to happening. Like, but but not really. Not really. Nothing happened, really. It was, I mean, I was happy to see Coach K it's put him on a very, very short leash in terms of that type of activity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And, and again, like, I... I I referenced this uh, the last pod. Um, I mean, he has to play without fouling. There was a game, I want to say it was the Texas game, where he fouled out or he, he was playing with three or four fouls for a big big chunk of the second half. He just can't pick up silly fouls or unnecessary fouls. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he had four, he's, four he's fouls just, against Portland State. He's just too important to the Texas. team. Leadership-wise, perimeter, everything. There's no reason a, a guard like him should, should foul out uh, right. in a game. You know, under normal certain. I mean, it happens once in a while, but um, you know, in terms of, yeah, I mean, you're right. Since Michigan State, his shooting has, has been down, but um, but I think I think his leadership, I think his style of play, his competitiveness, and his uh, ball distribution have really been fantastic. And I think it, it kind of does him a disservice to keep going back to, <clears throat> is he a jerk? Whatever, you know, do people have the wrong idea about him or not? Like. Let's just let's just talk about him as a basketball player for the most part because that's what he is. He's also the captain and the the leader of the team. Yeah, I, I mean the coach on the floor. I don't think he's, he's done he's, anything this season to warrant focusing for more than we have already on this. During the, we played five games, so you weren't worried at all during the Portland State game. I wasn't worried. I was a little worried. I mean, I did slow it down and I watched that <clears> thing he did worried. when he almost got physical that's the with second that guy. Thing. That's the second thing. Yeah. So are all these things like, you know, boiling over? It's contact of, sport, man. Yeah, I agree. And it's okay. I think it's okay. Okay. And hopefully he's learned his lesson. You know, I think he has. We'll see. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Another should, should we go back to Bagley and talk about, or you want to move forward? Uh, l- let's do the positives. Let's do the positives. I'm, I'm going to give you a positive. Coach K. Willing to use his bench, willing to sit Duval down, willing to put O'Connell in the game. Started the second half against uh, Portland State. No, I think no, it was started, Texas. Started the second half against Texas. Against Texas, he played. I want to say twenty nine minutes. He played a lot. Yeah, and uh, even like played Bolden a good amount. Um, you know. When Wendell Carter got in foul trouble, yeah, uh, played a decent amount in the Portland State game as well, and uh, and surprisingly to to me, like showing it, some faith in his bench here and there, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, because 
He's not playing him all 40 minutes a game, and he can't, right? right? We don't want him to. Right. Uh, we've been talking about it. I mean, he is, it was an eight-man rotation, but at least I think those three guys know they're going to play. Delaria's getting minutes. Bolden's getting minutes. O'Connell's getting minutes, and it looks like they all deserve minutes. Yeah, I that was that was actually one of my positives. Also, is just the bench in general. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy when these guys check in because I, I feel like they bring a lot to the table. Um, you, I mean, I've already said O'Connell is one of my favorites, but O'Connell. He, Let's talk he, about O'Connell. He, he puts man. an he puts an imprint on the game. Like if you told me, like a month ago, Alex O'Connell is going to play 29 minutes against Texas. And he's going to play, you know, 15, 20 minutes against Portland State and uh, Florida in this PK-80 event. I would say, oh, he must have gotten hot from three, and he's just shooting a bunch. But he really hasn't been shooting that much. He's been taking, like, a few shots here and there. He's just, he's been rebounding, getting loose balls, making good passes, he's like, been, transition. Like, he's, he's been, been, he's a playmaker. He's been terrific. Yeah. Like, shockingly terrific in, in transition on offense. He like caught a really difficult pass on the run from uh, Duvall in one of the games, and then he caught a pass from from Grayson where he had a spin to oh, the yeah. hoop, yes. like the opposite way yeah. you thought he'd he spin. He, he was a little out of control due to a slightly poor pass, I think, from Trey Duvall, but he made a very very nice spin layup. The guy has no fear. He looks like he thinks he belongs out there, and guess he could be an NBA player. Okay, so. And, I thought he was just let's, kind of let's like get a into the lower head of, of Alex O'Connell. Yeah, he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Youth belongs, right? He definitely has confidence and okay. swagger. Okay, uh, let me ask you this question: yeah. Who leads the team in field goal percentage? You tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Alex O'Connell. Alex O'Connell. Who leads the team in three-point shooting percentage? I guess Alex O'Connell. Alex <laughs> O'Connell. <laughs> but he's not shooting that much. So if he's on the floor. Well, and and if you if your position is that he feels like he belongs, he should be chucking up the ball. Like I understand it's a very very small sample size. Well, he's playing a he, role, Peter. He's he's playing right so as that, a role player. Right. So but is he? A, I'll, a I'll counter player. your position yeah. that he actually thinks like he belongs because I think he gets on the floor. He sees Marvin Bagley. He sees Grayson Allen. He sees tradable. He sees all these guys who are going to be lottery picks. All of them. No, no, no. He's not shying away. He's not getting the ball very. I mean, I mean, against against Florida, he was bringing up the ball and sort of facilitating the offense a few times. A few times, yeah. Yeah, like the ball's in his hands. I feel like he's not being super aggressive in looking for a shot, and it's clear to me it's a beautiful shot. He does. Uh, like we just haven't seen him play enough. I don't know enough to know how much he can do, how much usage we can give him. You know, but as a role player, he's been great. Yeah, and you're right. Like. You know he's finishing. He's finishing near the basket. He's uh, he's made threes. He made, I mean, in the last five games, he's made four threes on eight attempts. So hello, that, keep shooting good. until we can figure out if, if you're a fraud or not. You know, like you're, <laughs> sure. He's well. I think you're going to see him get more shots. I think you're going to see him get steady playing time. Yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, I wish there was a spot for him in the starting lineup because. The thing I like best about him was just his intensity on D, yeah. his energy. I mean, he was making plays happen. He like there were guys. He he got an offensive foul called, uh, I think once, but maybe twice on guys setting screens. Yeah, where other guys aren't getting that call because they're not trying to fight through screens or go over screens. Right. And O'Connell's just a ball of energy. When, when he's in the game, even though he's not scoring, 
there are multiple times where I'm like, wow, this guy is a playmaker. Both ends. Well, you're saying he's not scoring, but you know he scored nine points in 13 minutes against Portland State, 10 points in 12 minutes against Furman. I mean, against Texas, he played 29 and only scored two, but his per 36 numbers, I bet, are pretty pretty good Florida? in terms of scoring. What about Florida? He only took like... He only played nine minutes against Florida, and he just took one three and he made it. So, so yeah, so yeah, what, I, what, yeah. what I'm like, saying I'd is, love like, to see him get know, more. He's, he's more scoring on some level, yeah. but I don't think when he's on the court, he's like actively looking for a shot because there are all these alphas around him. Uh, what I loved is when we were getting beat in transition, Coach K started to go to O'Connor when he needed defensive. Which game? Both uh, games against Texas. I mean, Texas. Who, when Duvall got sat, O'Connell took his minutes. Well, I felt like Duvall was, was being sat primarily just because he was, well, multiple reasons, but. He got sat after three straight plays where he dogged it in on, transition on defense. defense. Yeah. And so. We were, we were getting burned all the time, transition D. So I, I, I in the Florida game, I, I, I tracked. <laughs> yeah. I tracked transition D and sort of who was not getting back. Um, and it was all. Well, okay. I have a whole special <laughs> special section on transition D I'd like well, to talk about, but maybe maybe I'm jump <clears throat> jumping the gun just a little bit. Yeah, but it's Port- not just the, getting back. The Portland State game, uh, the first thirty minutes of the Texas game, trade of all was just like trying to cherry pick not on offense but on defense. Like he kept trying to he kept okay he kept yes. thinking like he could just cherry pick the ball while while they're bringing it up and like I'm not it never worked. Ever well, he did. He finally got he did one. Got a steal. He finally got one halfway through the second half. I'm like, okay, it worked one time. But you're being out of position, and, and they're playing four on five defense while while you're going for this really low percentage steal and getting out of position. I'm obsessed with watching Trey Duvall in transition defense. I got to tell you, I mean, I guess we're not going to save the negative stuff in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but so what's interesting is against Michigan State, and here's where like partial information does you only so much good, right? It's he had six steals, and he yeah. looked great on the ball defending. Yeah. And those chances he took in the backcourt paid off. Okay. Right. And, and he and Michigan State wasn't pushing the tempo right. in general. Michigan State sort of plays a half court game uh, against these other teams where they're pushing it uh, and are more used to that kind of pressure, you know, in practice or whatever. The consequence is much more severe. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So you're right, like. When he's on the ball, he's actually a pretty good defensive yeah, player. Because he's quick. He's and he's long and yeah. he's quick. So like in the half court on the ball, he's good. He can make those backcourt sort of sensational steals. Yeah. Uh, however, I mean, it, however, yeah. you're right. There's consequences when he reaches and flails and misses. Like he just he, he's he's like sort of he's costing the team and they're playing five on four. So it's not just that. So that's one thing. You know, he's taking those chances in the backcourt after made baskets, for example. The other thing he's doing is, on misses, he's just not quick to get back. And even when he gets back, he sort of only, like, checks his man, right? He'll, like, pick up his man near half court in a transition opportunity where there's, like, three on three, and the ball's, like, coming down the middle, and he's happy to just check his guy, like, near the sideline. It's like, go and stop the ball, right? right? Like, Wendell Carter is, like, wrong-footed in transition, 15 feet from the hoop, guarding a guard. Like, and you're happy to just be off the, to the periphery of the play. 
It's like, you're the fastest guy on the team. Yeah. Or you're one of them, at least. So I just felt like there's a lack of personal responsibility in Transition D. There's a lack of hustle to get back to the other end quite often. Yeah. And, like, it's obvious. If you if you guys out there list, just watch. And hopefully he corrects this, and they've got a lot of film. If you want to go back and look at any of these games from this week, watch Trayvon Duvall lollygag it back on defense and, like, get a little outrage because it deserves some outrage. Now, the other guys, they're all young players, right? And they're they're used to playing AAU ball. I'm not. He just it, it didn't strike me as being competitive enough. He's like selectively competitive. Right. Before I forget, yeah, um, I did want to say. So you're talking about Wendell Carter guarding a guard. It seemed clear at the tail end of the of the Florida game that they were running ball screens specifically to get Wendell Carter guarding. We were switching every guard. screen. That yeah. was that was our strategy. That's but that's we that's how man. we pretty much always done it, and. I feel like Carter, they're just going to keep going after Wendell Carter, Actually, bring, bring him out to the perimeter. It's interesting. I thought the results were bad, right? Like, they made a lot of shots over Carter right. on the perimeter, but they ran good. They ran good on those shots. And I didn't think he, I didn't think he was, like, giving guys 10 feet of room. Right. You know, like, watching, you know, he wasn't just going under and, like, being lazy. I actually thought his, his hustle was... Was pretty his effort was pretty good. Okay, but it is it's still a small weakness for sure. When yeah. we play too big lineup, him as the big, you know, if he doesn't have if he gets switched off a big, you know, could be a little bit of an issue. So it's good observation, I think. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Bagley doesn't have the same issue because Bagley, Bagley so is long. the queen on, on the chessboard. But he's definitely the queen. But um, but Bagley has a different issue, and it's a bit of a Carter issue too. You mentioned Carter's blocks earlier. Yeah. So this is the other area where, where we're not excelling on defense. And it's not just transition D that is leading the easy baskets. It's half-court defense. This happened last year all the time. This year it's happening too. What happened last year? We were terrible on defense? Last year we, we yeah, last year we had... Primarily we, because we got of crushed on the, and we got, Grayson Allen. We got crushed on the pick and terrible. roll last year. But there is a lack of awareness of the ball when guys are off the ball. And they're guarding their man, or even in the zone, there's like a lack of coming to help fast, like as a right. first instinct. So like Bagley on the other side of the basket in the zone, like would watch a lot of guys finish on the other side of the basket. You you know who called out Carter? O- o- O'Connell called him out. O'Connell got beat. His 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 guy went to the basket. Yeah. Carter showed him and just went away. And O'Connell's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? So it was like, there's like this hesitance to let your your own man score in basketball. Yeah. That comes from like pickup. And like, other, that guy's that guy's problem, right? right? It's not my problem. I'm guarding this guy over here. Okay. Right? But as soon as you, like, you know, team defense requires keeping your eye on what's going on, where the ball is. And yeah, you, you don't want to let someone beat you for a dunk by like leaving your man unnecessarily. Right. But guys... Driving to the basket, kind of unchecked or with a step ahead, they need to be cut off. And we are not regularly making those rotations. Right. And if we are, we're doing it late. There's only one guy on the team who's crushing it in that respect. And his name is Javin Delaurier. That guy, from the weak side, comes over, challenges shots, got some really good weak side blocks. Yeah. And guess what, though? He's not in there for that many minutes. And Carter and Bagley are talented... 
And it's not like they're doing nothing. They could, they could just do more. Yeah. They could do more, and then the guards can collapse down. Grayson Allen and, and Duvall both don't collapse down when help's needed. Uh, they don't do it to help on sort of a, you know, a guy with the ball yeah. who's got an advantage, and they also don't do it to rebound often enough. That's the other thing. <laughs> other big negative is this instead of boxing, boxing out, out, like Fun, actually just putting a butt on a man. Yeah. And uh, there are so many examples from this week where guys kind of went unabated to the rim from 5, 10, 15 feet away. Uh, a kid on uh, a kid on Texas, started with a K, Kula, Kulowski. Osikowski or something like that? The long-haired guy who Owski. was hot? Yes, long-haired Owski. He, he was making rim runs. When, like, so if he gets switched, they'd run these ball screens to switch, right? And then, like, maybe Dubois would wind up on him, or Grayson Allen would wind up on him. And, like, the action would go somewhere else. Uh, like, maybe the play would be inside. And Dubois would just kind of, you know, once the shot went up, you know, wait, wait to receive, a, like, a rebound and a, an outlet pass to go push the ball up court, which is another thing Dubois fantastic at pushing the pace, pushing the action. His transition to offensive passing is incredible. Right. So he's got big strengths. Because he's such a threat to take it all the way. He's a threat to take it all the way, but he also like recognizes early where... He's making 40-foot passes. He's great, great passes. Fantastic. Setting up people. Yeah. He's a great passer, and he really. doesn't turn the ball over with the ball. He's been his, turning it over more. He turned it over more, more but generally, more. like if you look at the season, his turnover numbers are good. So like that's not his weakness. His decision-making wasn't great in the Texas game, right? Yeah. But, but the weakness is the stuff that's not in the stats. It's, it's standing flat-footed from 12 feet away from the basket while the guy you got switched onto runs right by you and crashes the boards when it wouldn't take that much effort to just put your right hand on him, turn around, and at least, at least get, make his path difficult. between you and the basket, yeah. Yeah, even if like you're not really supposed to be able to box that guy out because he's bigger than you. But right. that's the great thing about boxing out is small guys can do it. Yeah, just be wide and low. So then they have to go around you. Yeah, I mean, our guards need to help. Like maybe they're just thinking we got such beasts inside, we don't need to help. Right. But we do. <laughs> Everyone needs to crash the boards, especially when you're playing zone, because there's not a lot of like defensive personal responsibility. Because you may not, you're not guarding one on one, so guys can kind of get through the cracks, uh, especially on the inside. So everyone needs a challenge. And I haven't actually looked at Trayvon Duvall's rebounding numbers. But, you know, for the amount of minutes he's playing, I'm looking at him now, 31.8 minutes a game, 1.9 rebounds. Yeah. For an athlete like him, it's atrocious. And it bears out in watching the, the tape. He just... Lack of effort for that particular aspect. Yeah, complete, completely. I don't think he thinks it's his job, and he's not used to doing well, it. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. He sees Delorier, Bolden, Carter, and Bagley, and he's like, well, let me just... Sort of leak out so I can run the run the run the break. Well, he played. Um, I'm gonna give you a stat. He played 110 minutes in these three games. How many rebounds do you think he had? Seven. Two. That's not very many. Two rebounds, and we gave up a lot of offensive boards. Uh, so that's just that's unheard of. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know how that's even possible. I mean I do. It's because he didn't try. Um, 
So, so something to work on, man. And then I like know. I like the harshness, Mike. <laughs> hey, I wasn't sure listen. about you. You've gotten very soft in the last year and a half. Very soft. And now you're coming out with the stick. Dude, I just want to know why these guys are getting easy offensive rebounds. Oh. Why they're getting easy transition baskets. There's a reason. It's not because our guys aren't athletic. At some point, like Jay Bills was like, "What are these guys tired? They're not tired." No. It was like the first half of that Portland State game. It was like, "Oh, is Duke tired?" No. They're just one. They don't. They're not. You know, one. It's an effort issue, but more importantly, it's like it's the little things. They, they really do matter in basketball. I love Jay Billis. Jay Billis. They're the positive. We got to listen did to you, Jay Billis all you, week. Did you hear him call? Did you hear him call Texas dumb like ten times? I heard him call out like, Deontay like Mo, North. Mo Bamba shooting the three. He's like, that was a really dumb play. He's like, why is Mo Bamba <laughs> taking this three when they're up nine? With like fifteen seconds on the shot clock, that was really dumb. Why is he taking that three? I mean, maybe he's a decent three-point shooter, but it was also a contested three. Bagley closed out really well on that one. Bagley closed out fast. He gets, yeah, he moves around really fast. Uh, he also um, I, I, he, he called so, out okay, some of these transition on. defense plays as well. On the flip side for Duvall, I did want to say leading up to this tournament, I know he had a bad game against Texas, but against, I want to say, Portland State and Furman and South, um, I, I knew he couldn't. Main sustain that insane assisted turnover ratio that it, of course first four yeah. games he he was averaging like ten and one point three ten assists and one point three turnovers a game. Um, yeah, those, he, had a, he had eleven turnovers yeah. in the Texas and Portland State game. Those yeah. numbers came down obviously, but he became a much more efficient, aggressive scorer. Like he was just slashing. Is it a turnover when you pick up a charge on offense? I think I think it is. Is it? I don't know because he got called for. At least two or three charges as well. Okay, a little uh, bit out of control. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but in, in checking it's okay. the box scores of Furman and South and, and Portland State, like he's, you know, he's scoring 20, 22, 19, 18 points a game on efficient on efficient scoring. Like he's not chucking up a ton of shots. He's actually who? You know, uh, Trayvon Duvall. I mean, discard the last two games. Discard the last two. If games. you look okay. at Portland State, if you look yeah. at Southern, and if you look at yeah. Furman. What I'm saying is you see just a touch of Derrick Rose prime in Memphis or he's just slashing to the basket at will. I really like his game. I, I think the Derrick Rose comparisons are uh, premature. Uh, but I really like I, I, I like his potential. I, I love his I love his penetration. I love his passing in the half court and in transition. But I don't think he finishes at the rim. Anywhere near as well as like a Derrick Rose did as a freshman, uh, and I, I hope it, I hope it I improves. Think, I think he finishes very well. I think Derrick Rose would have put down that dunk, and he got stuffed by the rim. <laughs> yeah, there was one that was a very, that was very, very, very ambitious dunk. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a showboaty play, and yeah. it was in traffic, and there was kind of no need for it. But yeah, I remember he tried that in like an exhibition game, or maybe one of the first two games. Coach K called him out on it, um, like he. Yeah, he's got that showboat aspect to him. So I'm going to say one other thing about him. He's Good. playing huge minutes, right? Yeah. And maybe part of the reason he's not giving quite as much effort on, you know, in all aspects of the game, maybe he's tired. Yeah. Maybe he's a little tired. There's a lot of responsibility in being the primary ball handler. Yeah. And guarding the other guy. I mean, we play these perimeter teams. So uh, instead of, like, you know, playing him the entire 30 minutes and then sitting him for the last eight... Probably, if I'm going to knock Coach Kent's, 
for something. It's let, let's let's uh, let's get Goldwire in for yeah. a few more minutes. Let's get so, O'Connell in and, and get get guys regular rest. He's somebody I forgot about when we were talking about the the bench real briefly. We basically only talked about O'Connell. Yeah, we didn't mention Goldwire. Gold, Goldwire does is not super flashy, but when he's in the game, I feel like his defense is very good. He stays in front of his guy. All the things I talked about Duvall not doing, he does. He d- he's the opposite. Yeah. He's not making the flashy steals. He's not. He's not able to push the pace and transition the way Duvall can. He can't drive to the rim the way Duvall can. Yeah. He's like the opposite, man. He's yeah. like they're but like. I mean, he's. I think. But he's boxing out. Yeah, he's he's six, actually putting a body on guys, and he's staying in, in front of his. He's guy. in position. Yeah. Right. I agree. He hasn't played very much though. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see but, him get but, some more minutes. Yeah. Again, like him, when Coach you know? K goes to the bench, I'm happy with O'Connell, happy with Bolden and Delorier. I'm. I thought I'd be un- unhappy to see Goldberg come in, but his defense is, looks pretty good. I, I like him on the court. I like Deloria on the court. I like O'Connell on the court. And it's it's funny. We were talking about whether any of these guys would get playing time. And when Goldwire got recruited, because he was like a three-star recruit, it was like, yeah. what are they doing? Right. Uh, I think they knew something. Because this guy is pretty good basketball player. He knows how to play. He might not be super, super, super talented, but it's clear Alex O'Connell knows how to play. This guy's gonna they are gonna be program players. Yeah, and so we talked about when are we, where are we gonna get our four-year players? Goldwire is gonna be a, like a pretty decent four-year player. He's gonna provide some continuity. Delorier, I think, is gonna hopefully be in the team for four years. What, uh, what are you afraid of a transfer? <laughs> no, I think I think NBA? we're good. Well, as soon as Delorier develops a consistent jump shot. And he, he could go, you know. But that's probably not going to happen until the senior year. What are you talking about? I think Delorier could be an NBA player. You don't think so? I, Guys leave. I think he, there's a good chance he will play in the NBA, yeah. but I don't think he would leave early. Nowadays, everyone leaves early, so I'm just, like, you know, skittish about these things. I don't want to say, like, there's no way this guy's going to leave. Okay. For all I know, Alex O'Connell's going to have a big tournament this year and go out after his first year. So you think Jab and Delorier <laughs> might be like a Shadley Randolph and just, just bounce? Peace. No, I'm just saying he might improve. He's such a hard worker. They could see him yeah. leaving after a third year potentially. I okay. can't imagine he's going to leave after this right. year. Uh, but yeah, the bench, the bench looks pretty good. Yeah, and you know I think it helps that they're they're actually practicing with a full squad. Um, Coach K also in the press conference after the Florida game uh, alluded to how healthy this team is compared to last year when they yeah you know and he specifically mentioned last year and you could just you know. It, it was. It was like a just a different, a completely like different waste, scenario. Wasted opportunity. Yeah, it's too bad. And he feels like th- this is his redemption, <laughs> his <laughs> redemptive year, where he's going to take all these one and dones. Yeah. And my, so my, my my concern was that Coach K is not going to coach these guys. No. So I, that's why I love. What well, not that he's not going to coach them, but he's not going to be harsh on them. Like, you know, hopefully Bagley and Duvall want to improve. They're still. They can both improve so much. Right. They're so talented. Bagley can get way better than this. Yeah. And he's so good. So, like, is he motivated to do that? Does he want to take criticism? And I think, I think these guys probably came to Duke because they wanted someone who might tell them some truth. Yeah. So, uh, that's why I said I mean, it's going to be interesting Coach to see. Coach doesn't strike me as somebody who would not tell the truth. Uh... Not. I just don't know that he's going to be like particularly hard on like a Bagley type when he's the best, most talented player ever to come in. Like you don't think he'd say, Marvin, what the fuck were you thinking on that and the regulation shot? 
How three points. He... Three point shot. That's so against Texas. It's a tie game. Bagley's we're gonna have the last lady. shot. Yeah, that's the shot you came up with. So, and I understand Marvin. Well, what was happened? Having, Marvin, break, break it down. Marvin was having people a, don't remember. Was, it, was having a great game. I, I can't remember if he had like thirty and ten or twenty eight and twelve <laughs> uh, up to that point at the end of regulation. We had tied it. He had been getting all the critical buckets down the stretch, I believe. And he does a little bacon shake, and he pulls up for a three when... He had 34 and 15 in the game, and I think right. they undercounted his rebounds. You know, they don't, they don't <laughs> count all his, like, tip attempts. I feel like the tip attempts are rebounds and shots. They, they often don't count them all. So, like... And, and why would you think this? Because I kept track of his... You went, you went back and you counted his uh, tips. I kept rebounds. the box score when I watched the Florida game, and he had one where he had, like, three attempts, and he only, they only counted one of them. So it's, just, it's just basic junior high school arithmetic. Marvin, end of the game, tie game situation. Tie game clock. We only need down. one point. <laughs> That's well, all we need. Just get a basket or get so fouled. So take the highest percent shot or or take a shot with the hope that we could also get fouled. A three is the worst shot you could take. Absolutely the worst. It's so terrible. He comes it's down. Terrible. He demands the ball. <laughs> He's got the ball. Time's running down. Yeah. And he, and, and he channeled his inner Austin Rivers and just he, thought he could sink a three to end the game. It was like definitely like a big, you know, it's definitely not the correct shot. And, you know, for a guy who played such an amazing game, it's, it's really the only criticism. I had well, two one, criticisms. one other criticism. Yeah, I know what your other one is going to be. <laughs> so one, terrible, I agree. Yeah. Why would you, like you're Bagley, you're getting fouled every other time you drive to the, to the basket. Plus all we, you pick up yeah. a foul, we win the game. You, right. you, you get a dunk, we win the game. There's no take upside three, to taking like, the three. It's like thirty percent. Yes, yeah, there's yeah. no upside to taking the three. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he knows mistake. it. Maybe somebody had to talk with him about it. Eh, it's a mistake. He probably knows it's a mistake. But for whatever reason, that's what his creative mind came up with in that moment. He had made a three already in the game. He hadn't missed one. So like maybe that's why he was doing that. So I agree. Right. And then in overtime, he dominates. Right. Like they're just yeah. lobbing it up to him. And he's just catching I, it and dunking like, so it. So Mo Bamba was out. And yeah, Bamba was out. I feel like out. somebody else might have been out also. But like it was clear momentum was going our way, and we, we had the, the the better players, obviously. But he, he was like feeling his oats. He yeah. was like yelling and beating his chest and like screaming after every dunk. And he was... It was like Jeremy Lin sinking a three to end a tie ball game. So with like, what is it, 20, 30 seconds left? We're up... They miss a shot. He grabs a rebound. Fifteen seconds, and we're up four. We're up two. Oh, you're talking about overtime? Yeah, it was like there's a play where he grabs a rebound and holds the ball to get fouled. Yeah, right. It was instead clear, of like Gary Trent's right next to him, he can just pass. It Alex O'Connell. Both yeah. both those guys are gonna be better ball handlers, better free throw shooters. And instead, it was clear to me that he held onto the ball so that he could get fouled, so he could add to his point totals, like. It's like he, an Alonzo Trier type of thing to do, like, sort of selfish. He wrapped it up, right? He just wrapped up the ball. He knew the foul was coming. He's like, this game's over. I'm going to pad my stats. I don't know that it's that calculated about padding. I don't think it's padding his stats. I think he's just used to being the man. I think I think both of those examples, that take pulling up for that three, he's just like, I'm the man. I can do anything. And he's used to that a little bit. Even though he like played a good all-court game and passed the ball pretty well. Yeah. Uh, he was just so high on himself in that moment. Right. But, you know, it's a, it's a minor nitpick. But, I, of, of course, he should just 
if JJ Reddick's standing next to you and or you're Grayson Allen or and Gary you're a sixty percent free throw shooter and it's down the stretch of the game, as soon as you can get the ball in his hands, right, right, and he has a couple of good free throw shooters. But I will say this: Marvin Bagley on the free throw line the last two games, pretty great. Is it possible he just got lucky? Is it possible he was getting unlucky before? I only ask because he banked in a free throw shot, <laughs> which is a very bad. That's an indication that no, I, I don't. You're, think... you're not a good free throw shooter. Well, I don't think his like. It's a fact, right? Please acknowledge this fact that he banked in the free throw shot. Correct. It's not good. Well, he's got this like uh, this issue about like the, he definitely looks better. The, the too long of a fling with his arm on the free throw. Yeah. That he like strong arms it sometimes, but he um, he went nine for ten against Florida. And, like, every free throw mattered. And he went 9-13 of against Texas, and those right. free throws mattered. And, you know, in games where we're playing less important opponents, <clears throat> he's not making as high a percentage, so I think part of it's just concentration. But I think it's also that he's, like, really into the game. I think it's partly to do with his competitive spirit. Yeah. So uh, I don't think he's, like, a 90% free throw shooter now, two weeks later. But... I mean, he's but leaving. He's, I, I he, bet you he's worked on it. He's leaving a lot of points on the table. He was. I bet you he's worked on it. But the last two games, he goes 18 for 23. That's pretty good. That's close to 80%. So. Sustainable? Uh, if he shoots over 70, I'm, I'm thrilled. Because he was he, he looked, pretty, he looked pretty ugly. And then not to bang, keep banging on Trey Duvall, but <laughs> <laughs> one more. One was, more. Did you get into a fight with Trey DeVal's uncle or somebody on Twitter? Because Bagley made the big free throws, and in the Texas game, down the stretch, was it a tie game or we were down two? He goes to the line and... Missed br- the front br- end? Br- yeah, he, he doesn't hit a free throw. Yeah. Um, and we're I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel that good when he stepped on the line. No, and, you know, it's just, it's just you know... But you know who's been the week, man Shooting the line is scary, Trent. But here's the thing. Duval did go four for four against Florida, from the line. From, from the free throw line. Yeah, okay. yeah. Zero for four against Texas. So I don't think that was a front end of a one on one. I think he missed two shots. Okay. And it was with a minute left, and I know he'd had a bad game, obviously, you know. So, but the against Portland State he was seven for nine. Against Florida he was four for four. But going missing those two in that critical moment was was disappointing. But yeah. hey, everybody's human. Of course. So it's all good. It's all good. Um. But yeah, uh, pretty great week. Pretty great week of watching basketball. It was fun. It was it was almost it was kind of like an ACC tournament type of feel in the sense that like yeah. game after game after game, and pretty pretty high competition. Yes. And it was like ascending, you know, the yeah. level of competition. It was almost hard to root against. Uh, the, the, I thought the teams they played were were, were pretty likable. Like, I liked the way Texas was playing. I didn't like Portland State. I liked the way Florida was playing. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, like, liked Mike I, liked, I liked Mike White's uh, halftime interview. Yeah, I, I don't was, I don't hate these teams. Like, I'm, I want to watch Texas play and see... I want to see Bamba develop. I want to see the young guards develop. Oh, Matt... The guards were good. Matt Coleman. Uh, Matt Coleman didn't look great against us. I thought he was impressive early on. He sinks a three. He makes a really great pocket pass. Then I looked at the box score. He was one for 12 from the, uh, oh, from the game. Yeah, they... Yeah. But, yeah, he had a better game the next the next night. Yeah, uh, and I think he's he's gonna be fine. But I, I like their other guards. I like that one who kept dunking on us and like just humiliating yeah. us. Yeah, that guy that guy just took it strong to the rim. Had a lot of ups. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, uh, of course, we didn't come over to, to stop him. Deloria tried once, and he got embarrassed. Right. <laughs> but at least he put in the effort. And that was an incredible play. But, uh, but yeah, it was great basketball. I You know, I, I, Shaka Smart. Shaka oh, Smart that's another thing. I, I really wish they would mic up the coaches and players on the handshake line. Coach yeah. K tried to say something to Shaka Smart. Shaka wasn't having it. Shaka, right? like, acknowledged him for a little bit. Then he said, come on, dude. Coach K wanted to talk more. Let's just, yeah, let's just get on with it. You know, like. I mean. What a probably, what a, what a heartbreaking yeah. loss for Texas. Yeah, I mean like. And Coach K wanted to. He wanted to be classy. Said, you, you have a great team. Yeah. It was a great game. You know, I've been in your shoes. I saw so. that. I and, saw that as Shaka, well. Shaka, 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 Shaka was like, is done. He digested it for a little bit, then he couldn't take it anymore. He said, "All right, I'm out of here." It's great. I wish they should really mic those things up. Yeah, they. And well, in the Portland State game, I actually wanted to see Grace and. Shaking hands with all these guys that you know he had been a little chippy with the whole the, game. The Portland State coach coached under uh, a former ACC coach, one of the one of the Triangle teams. Do you know who? Herb Sendek. Correct. Herb Sendek was his uh, one of his mentors. Hmm. Sendek's very um, intense. Coached under him at Arizona State and Santa Clara. Herb Sendek very intense. Their team very intense. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be interested to his, see his Portland team, State's results. You know they beat Stanford the next night. His team. Or not the next night. They, it's a little scary, I thought. Uh, not in a good way. No, I, I, I actually, I, I like the style of basketball. I love the pace. Yeah. I love the, the effort they were giving. And the uh, their results, you know, they hadn't, like their results they, they were, were very hot from three. Yeah, but the. Or maybe we're not very good at defending the three. Well, I, I think they got, they. They got what they wanted in transition a lot, and I think they, they, they disrupted us for a, l- a little bit in the first half uh, on our own. We still scored a lot of points, but uh, they actually played Butler to a two-point loss the following night, and yeah. then they beat Stanford by 10. Nice. Now Stanford's it's not like a great Stanford team, but this is a pretty good Butler team. So And before they played Duke, they had, they had won four games. They're, they're 4-0. and So, like, I think... You're going to see Portland State in the tournament. They're probably going to come out of the big sky. Uh, and uh, they're going to win 20 games. So, you know, even though we'd never heard of them, uh, they're pretty legit. You know, as, okay. as legit as a Portland State can be, at least. Sure. Yeah. Uh, any other positive? Should we talk about Bolden? We didn't talk about Bolden. Bolden looked pretty good. Bolden, I thought, played his best basketball in a Duke uniform. It still wasn't amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's clear Wendell Carter is way more polished, has way more moves. He's a better shooter, probably a better defender. Bolden doesn't have touch from around, you know, doesn't have a lot of touch from five feet. Yeah, Uh, and he also, I think he panics when he gets the ball. Like, he's, he's not centered when he gets the ball in the sense that, like, he freaks out a little bit, you know? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of poise with the ball. He, he doesn't gather very yeah, well. Right, yeah. right. Where Bagley, Bagley and, and Carter do um, tremendously. Carter especially. He's thinking about different moves you can do. Bagley, I feel like, is more just, he just goes up and he has great touch Man, when, he's, when he's close. Bagley. Great Bagley. touch. Bagley. Um, uh, but the, on the defensive end, Bolden had a few blocks. He... Generally, was bodying guys up. He, yeah. was, he was very present. Right. Um, 
He still you seems know, to be like a project. He's not, yeah, he's he's not quite as strong as you as, as I'd like him to see. He doesn't get off his feet very well. I mean, he had like a like, yeah. a like a big imposing looking block on a, on a guard when he came over to help one time. That was good. Bamba kind of got him down deep once or twice and you know scored pretty easily without like a ton of resistance from Bolden. Uh, I mean, Bolden was trying, but you know, what did you think of Bamba? Uh, guy could have could have decided to do is down to us in Texas, we think. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. Um a little raw. Yeah. A little very, bit raw. He he I mean I, I it's would a role say, player. I would say maybe like Dikembe Matumbo in college, you know, more defense, height, width, length. It actually reminded blocks. me of uh, Nerland's Noel to go a little more recent. Okay. Uh like a, like a, you know, bigger, yeah, longer than Nerlens. Nerlens is really long, and a little like not not explosive in the same way. He didn't seem very explosive. It seemed, uh, but you know, I thought he actually played within himself pretty well. Yeah, well, um, like you, he's not being asked to do as you much know as he's he might in the think. game. Yeah, you know when you're on offense and he's on defense that he's there. Yeah, he's, you know, he's just waiting for you. Yeah. That's as tough a matchup as he's going to face. So there was one play from Bagley where he, he went up and got an offensive rebound over... Mobamba did? He got, Bagley got the rebound over Bamba. Okay. And, like, did it in such a such a great way. It was just made me think, well, like, oh, man. Did he score? You know, I can't remember the whole play. I just remember the moment where he... Sort of went up, he got up a little higher than Bumba, and like kind of edged him out in a very athletic way. I remember thinking, okay, Bagley, you know, checkmate to Bagley a little bit in terms of the heads up matchup. Yeah. Obviously, Bagley's got more going on in terms of his overall game. Yeah. But like picturing them in the NBA together, like I know Bumba's got a lot of room to improve as well. He's gonna he's gonna end up being a very good defense. I think the upside is like a Rudy Gobert kind of kind of role. Uh, but but right now I'm glad we have Bagley. Bagley, if he can, <laughs> they're work not on his... as They're both top five picks supposedly. Yeah, but if if Bagley can work on his shooting, I mean, Kyrie might have a little competition for best Dookie of all time. Kyrie is definitely making the case. Uh, I, mean, I think Jay Williams your tweeted, tweeted out that Kyrie is the best basketball player to ever come out of Duke. Well, it's definitely him or Grant Hill at the moment. Uh, but it might be Marvin Bagley. I mean, that thought crossed my mind this weekend. This guy could be the best if he if he can become a. He's shooter, living up, like a pretty good shooter. I mean, he just does so many things. There's hey Ben Simmons one, is showing you don't necessarily have to be a pretty good shooter to LeBron make an also is, LeBron is not a good. Well, LeBron shooter. is now. Okay. Especially mid range man. He he fucked up the Sixers tonight. Mid range mostly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just. He's just tenacious, man. He's still yeah. he still got it. There was one play in the Florida game where there was like a loose ball in the corner. Marvin Bagley leaps for it. His weight's carrying him out of bounds, and he throws it to, to Grayson. Like, there was a scrum for the ball, but he's just so tall and long. It's almost unfair. It's almost unfair. It's, it's that, amazing. That, that somebody of his height and width is so coordinated and skillful <laughs> and graceful. It's amazing because that's what I think about when I when I watch LeBron or even Ben Simmons now. It's like 
they're so good with body control, yeah. coordination, strength, length, athleticism, and skill, all of it, that it, they just make the game look really easy. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't look that hard, what Bagley's doing, even though yeah. no one does this. Yeah, I think Grayson said that after the game. He's like, it's... If, it, if it's possible, he had sort of like a quiet 30 and 15 because he just makes it look so easy. It, it, it almost looks effortless like Roger Federer in his prime. Like he just makes things look effortless. Like uh, he's not even trying like that a, At one point, it was Billis or one of the announcers said, well, they don't have anyone. Like he made a, he got an offensive rebound and put it back. And they're like, they're not going to stop him because he's so much bigger. Just made it reference to the fact that he's just tall. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Bolden is just as tall. Yeah. Can't make any of the plays Bagley makes. Like it, it it's, it, it's not. It's obviously not that. It's not his height. It's, yeah. it's the special package of the coordination, the jumping, the, just this. Uh, like know. he's six eleven, but he sort of plays like he's six four. Yeah, I mean he's got like he's, he's like a shooting guard in a, six eleven body. And one of my also one of my favorite uh, memories of I believe the Texas game, Deloria came in. There was like a, a, a there, there was a foul. Like he, he he was next to a Texas guy, and Bagley was next to a Texas guy, and Bagley clearly fouled him. But Deloria raises his hands like that was me. I fouled him. Oh really? And that I didn't actually, notice that. Like I I was like man, that's a team this, play. This guy understands guy that gets. Bagley provides so much more value. Like. Deloria would always pass out in overtime to somebody else to like. You see that on teams like the Bulls. Guys used to do that on the Bulls. Yeah. Steve, Kerr, Steve Kerr would raise his hand every time, right? <laughs> but it was like almost <laughs> comical. But in this particular instance, like it was actually a close call. And if the scorekeeper wasn't really paying attention, they would just give it to Deloria. So one of the things we talked about in the preseason was that we're going to have all these egos, like all these five star recruits coming in together and Grayson. How, how are they going to know who's the leader? You know, well, Grayson has the most seniority, but how do they know who's who's taking the shot? Yeah. And I said, well, it's a good thing we got Bagley, because he everyone knows that's the guy who should get the ball. I don't, I don't like know. that. Might have been the way it's going to play know, out, I and I think that I is the way it's playing out. I don't know. Hey, the guy we didn't talk about. Oh, hold if, on. Yeah, hold on a second though. Yeah. Let's say we're playing at Miami or at UNC. It's a tie game with 15 seconds left and we have the ball. 15 seconds do, left is different, but but where's the off, who's the offense going through? Who's yeah, the primary? You want the ball to touch Bagley's hands if he's within the six feet, like if he's like inside. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, think... I don't want him squaring up like 25 feet away because he might take a jump shot. Yeah, I, don't, I think that was just the way that play turned out. It wasn't out of a timeout, I don't think. Uh, they just brought sure. they brought yeah, the ball brought up. It was a live ball situation. Yeah. And Coach K said, "Give it to Marvin because he's having such a great game." Sure, and it makes sense. Like, Marvin, well, it would have made more just sense. Walking on water the whole game, everything's working. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. What you said, like he's. If you, it makes I agree. It makes more sense to get him the ball still had, in the high post or in the on the low block. Yeah, in, in the in back of his mind, he has to understand the math of everything. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's not. He's, you know, he's he's a. He's got basketball smarts, so he's he's, uh, he's also pretty smart in the yeah. classroom. Well, I just mean like he's he, all of his play indicates intelligence on the court. 
basketball IQ. Minus that three-point shot at the end of regulation. Yeah, but everybody makes mistakes, right? Of course. And it's sort of understandable. He's just So the next time, if he does it again, then you'll I'll be very, think less of his basketball IQ, right? I'll be very... You'll be open-minded about his basketball IQ. I'll be shocked if he does it again at the end of a game like that. Yeah. Uh, takes that kind of shot. I mean, if he's going to take that shot, I want the ball in somebody else's hands. I mean... Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. The, the ball should be in someone else's hands. He should be down. Yeah. Get, get the ball down and... You know, Especially if the guy can dribble, drive, and then... Yeah. Guys help off, and then you know, how many times is Grayson just throwing it up to Carter or Bagley for a dunk? Anyway, you want to talk about one of the guys? Was it Carter? No, no, not Carter. What about Carter? Struggled and, and also excelled in, in parts, and I think it was it was, it was a, a very interesting week for Carter. We could talk about it, yeah. but but this play was pretty straightforward. Gary Trent is the guy we haven't mentioned. Okay, let's go back to Carter real 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 quickly. Yeah. And we're, we're running yeah, long here. This we're is a really it. long one because well, a that. lot of games, but we yeah. also went very technical for some reason. I feel like this is a very tech-heavy podcast. I just, I just, uh, I got, I got. Wendell I, Carter I go is a double-double well. machine. Yeah, double-double machine. He's averaging like thirteen and nine. Good rebounder. He's good. If Marvin Bagley weren't here, we'd be like, wow, Wendell Carter is just a double-double machine, right? Yeah. No, if Bagley wasn't on the team. Yeah, Carter's numbers would be really big. Yeah, because we'd be going to him a lot. So l- let me say two things about him. One, yeah. I I don't like his body language when he's having a bad game. I mean, he had a very bad game against Florida the first half, and you just tell like he's frustrated and aggravated. So I don't really care for his body language. But secondly, I want to ask you: out of our key players, do you think we've seen them play their best? Which 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 players have we seen their their peak performance? Which players have we not seen their peak performance? Like Marvin Bagley, can he play better than this? See, when you say can he play better, and people are looking at his points and rebounds, like he's probably not going to have a lot more points or rebounds per game than yeah. he did in this tournament. But where he can play better is his weak side defense, his awareness on defense, and decision making in the, the last stuff. 20 seconds of the game in a tie game. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, all those things. Grayson Allen, can he play better than the 37 he put on Michigan State? No, he can't play better than that. We've seen Gary Trent, <laughs> I mean, he's had some pretty big games. His I, team's I just, defense could get better. I just feel like Wendell Carter, we haven't seen him play anywhere close to his best game. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen flashes, we've seen plays. He's, yeah, he's got a bunch of really good plays. Right. But, uh, so ferocious, ferocious block. Like he, he's definitely our best blocker, our best rim protector. He's all um, like he also. Yeah, I would say Delaria is at least in terms of will, in terms of willingness. Um, but Carter could be. I mean Bagley really could be as well. It, I, I I really like Carter's I game, feel, and I, I feel think like he, I think he's he's good. I feel like we're just scratching the surface with Wendell Carter. Well, I don't think we're going to see his full game on display this year because he's going to have to. Sort of take Compete a step with all these other bigs. Well, I think he's just he's not going to get the ball, you know, down low as often. I think he's going to benefit. He's going to get more easy baskets, dunks and layups. Yeah, these little dishes to him, and uh, but you know, he's probably going to take a slight step back. And if he was on um, any other team, almost any any team that could use, like if he was on, you know, if he went to the. Skilled University six of Missouri, let's skilled say. Skilled six ten. Well, yeah. I mean, Michael Porter would be there. Michael Porter's not there anymore. Let's say he um, was on that team. You know, he'd score twenty and ten, no problem. Like he would have a big year at, at any other school where they needed a guy to score twenty. He could do it, no doubt, and he could do it probably efficiently, pretty efficiently. Yeah. Um, this guy's shooting sixty one percent. 
they would run more stuff for him. And I don't love that they're just kind of relegating him to the low post. I wouldn't mind seeing him in in some. I like that he's in the low post. I don't like to see him shoot threes. No, I don't want to see him shoot a lot of threes, but but I think they could run different action for him. I think you'll see okay. them then throw throw more stuff in for him. Okay. I mean, heck, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bagley and Carter in pick and roll. Uh, by the way, Grayson and Bagley in the pick and roll is deadly, right? Because Grayson's got the the, the threat of the shot. They gotta be it keeps them honest on both fronts. Bagley slips the screen a little too much. I think yeah. doesn't always set it. Duval running pick and roll with these guys is a, is a bit of an issue. This is, you know, because he doesn't have the shot to keep him honest. Uh, he's got to sort of dish if if they if they go under the screen to to a, to a three point shooter. Right. Um, I just I just so. feel like out of our seven or eight or nine relatively key players, I feel like O'Connell and um, Carter are going to have games in the future where you're going to be like, wow, you know, I'm excited. I did, about didn't O'Connell. see this coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Carter's super talented. I don't yeah. think, yeah, I mean, I think we see it in moments. And yeah. we're, we're not going to get the full measure of, of, of Carter all year. But, hey, Bagley will get in foul trouble here and there. But they, they, I, I, I like the way they play together, too. Yeah. Um, Gary Trent, we haven't talked about. Gary Trent made winning plays down the stretch against Texas and Florida, especially Florida. Yes. Winning plays. Yes. So I love this about Gary Trent. His, he's making defensive winning plays down the stretch of these games. Now, his defense is a little inconsistent during one the game. Hiccup. <laughs> he had one very poor defensive play. He definitely, you know, has it has some issues on defense. He's uh, he's a little maybe too aggressive on the ball. Yeah. Um, and in transition D, I don't think he locates the primary threat well enough. He doesn't. These guys just don't communicate enough on transition defense in general. So I don't think there's a lot of guys playing like superstars in that aspect of the game, but I love I love the winning plays he made. I love the drives, you know, from yeah. from the three point line all the way to the rim. Right. And uh, his he's, willingness. To, he's got a very good move that he uses early in games, and I haven't really seen him use it too much late in games. But he dribbles into the paint with his left hand, mm-hmm. and then he sort of like falls away to the left and shoots it, and it's virtually unblockable. And a lot of games I've noticed. He's, yeah, he's, he's sort of off that move. move. Yeah, it's nice. It's a good move. Uh, it finishes really well with his with his right going 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 to the basket, and uh, it's, it's pretty smooth. Gary Trent's got a pretty smooth game. He does. He, he's quiet. It's, it's like a quiet game. So, okay, so after like two or three games in the season, he was our best shooter. After eight games, he is clear. He is by far our worst shooter. Percentage wise, right? Each each of them are small. Both are small sample sizes. Of course, but I mean, uh, it's eight games is better than two or three, and he's shooting like he hasn't shot well the last couple weeks, right? You know, but uh, he has shot phenomenal, like fantastic from the line. Yes, I think he is a really good shooter. He's shooting ninety five percent from the line, twenty of twenty one. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. Yes. That usually, you know, one of the things you look to, I mean, three-point shooting is a small sample size. Free throws, the guy strokes 90% from the line over any duration. You have to assume he's, he's got a pure stroke. Right. But uh, so hopefully his three-point numbers will come up. I mean, he hasn't been as efficient as I expected him to be. Yeah. And he hasn't been as athletically. He's sort of struggled. 
outside we've, shot. Yeah. We've played some tough teams, and he's had he's had to play against experienced guys. All these guys, we need to, you know, the disclaimer is they're all so young, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, it's the first month of the season. Can't wait to see been, how much everybody improves. And, yeah, it's been a. We have a relatively easy schedule until the middle of January. We're eight zero. We play at Indiana. Next is Indiana any good this year? They're terrible. Well, never easy to go into. We're playing. We're playing in the. Yeah. Playing there. We're playing there, and then Should we have a bunch, the of, stadium, bunch of right? cupcakes. Bunch of cupcakes. Uh, yeah, we got the first uh, ACC games December 9th against uh, at Boston College. Cupcakes. Well, they got some good guards on Boston College. They have Kai Bowman still. He kind of tore us up a little bit last year. They're terrible. In the first half of that game. They're terrible. <laughs> uh, the first real test the next real I mean Indiana if we can get past Indiana on the road and beat BC on the road in our first ACC games with a lot of prep time for each uh, our first real test will be at home against Florida State on December 30th when the ACC season begins in earnest so uh, and the first real tough road game is at Miami on January 15th there's a real good chance we'll be we'll still be undefeated at that point. Yes. Um, so I feel like that would be a 17 and 0 start. There's going to be more and more nonsense about 40 and 0 or some such nonsense. Uh, I love that they have the, the film from these games. I love that we get to watch them play competitively, and um, you know, really fun basketball. I'm uh, can't wait for the rest of the season. Um, any other notes? We uh, should we head out of here? Oh, one silly question. Yep. Maybe. How how long can the start of every post-game interview with Marvin Bagley start off with, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Uh, it it, it you seems can, to... You can, you can go to the NBA. You can... <laughs> How long? You think like two years, three years? So do you think it's because he's going to be interviewed first... all the time, all the time? He's going to be interviewed. Yeah, it, it's an, it, an interesting uh, question, I guess. Uh, I guess I mean he can do whatever he wants, obviously. Obviously, uh, it is like he, he definitely the... takes the time to say the whole sentence. Uh, first, I always want to be clear that you know I it's not me. It's it's the man upstairs, my yeah. higher power. It's. Our Lord and Savior. You, this, this, so faith is very important for Duke basketball players, like more more so than I thought. Like Luke Kennard, Grayson Allen, Matt Jones are all Bible thumpers. Well, they're very, you say they're, so if you follow them on Twitter, mm-hmm. that's all you get. Right, is an occasional Bible verse. Yeah, uh, and you know Luke Kennard might post a picture with his girlfriend once in a while, but that's it, right? Yeah. Like just that. And it's like, wait, where's your Where's, Bas- you? Where's, you? Where's you? Where's basketball content? Where's you? Where's basketball content? Where's your personality? Yeah. Great Grayson actually cracks some jokes. Has a pretty Grayson's a pretty decent Twitter follow. He's a post that funny guy. He does some funny stuff. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to continue to do that his whole <laughs> career, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does it. I'll say I'll half say like, the time. I'll say like two and a half but, years. I feel like. Nah, I mean, well, the problem is he's going to be interviewed so often. All he's, the time, he's, he's yeah. not He's not going to keep doing it. But maybe he will. Who knows? I mean, good for him either way. Uh, I, there's a lot of... How about just ESPN post-game interview? I think it's fantastic that, that he has uh, strong feelings of faith. 
And I think it's fantastic the other guys do too. Yeah. And you know, when you're when you owe so much to what you're blessed with athletically, it it maybe it makes some sense to to be grounded. To be gracious, to have gratitude. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he's aware a smart guy maybe he's aware he, his ego can get out of control you know all of ours can and we're not as blessed as he is in certain ways and uh good for him man but yeah I hear you I hear you I, yeah I, I'd like to hear him just be happy about the basketball game but I, I'm, I'm great with his expression of faith you know it's good some people thank them you know say hi to mom every time <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you don't think Coach K's gonna be like hey Marvin gotta like tone this down oh man stop stop seeming like such a such a (laughs) humble great guy and like you know flex a little more (laughs) yeah yeah we'll see yeah do you have any other any other thoughts on expressions of of faith by members of the team no I do not alright yeah okay thanks for uh, hanging out Pete good to good to see you good catching up glad you had a good Thanksgiving we had a lot of games to cover we had a lot of games to cover. We didn't how many, really... How many losses for this team, Hopefully think, we, Mike? we did it. We didn't talk too long. How many losses do you think? How many losses? I, we, I, have to, we have to reassess right. after each pot. Well, we got more information now. You know, if they, if they play this kind of defense, and they're, they're basically making other teams look better than they are even on offense, on the other team's offensive side. So uh, I, I, I love that they have, you know, five weeks before they have to play Florida State, I love that they have six, seven weeks before they have to start their tough road schedule in the ACC. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some faith, much like Marvin Bagley. I'm going to express some faith uh, in the powers that be at the program <laughs> to, uh, to get these guys... Uh, the almighty K. The almighty K to get, get these guys ready uh, to, to play better. Uh, play better D because they're, they're very capable. Yeah, and to play better uh, transition. Number, number. What's your number? Oh, number. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna put the over under at three. <laughs> Maybe three and a half. I think I think I put the over number last time at like three and, and a two. half. Two, you said like two. Two, three and a half. But uh, it definitely wouldn't shock me if they lost five, five or six games. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. I think they're gonna lose. Most likely, most likely three. The next is four. <laughs> two is after that. I think a very long-winded answer for yeah. like just a straightforward question. <laughs> uh, three and a half sounds about right. Three and a half. Yeah, some, somewhere between like three to five. Um, I, I I did well, want to say that they won these games. Yeah, I did want to <laughs> say that I'm ecstatic that we're eight and zero and forty and zero's in play and all that. But <laughs> I mean, you and I have done. A fair amount of sports betting. Yes. In the Texas game against an unranked team, the line opened at seven, which I thought was surprising. That number got bet down to five and a half right before tip-off. Most teams don't bet. Most of the general public doesn't bet against like Duke and the Yankees and the Cowboys. So the people who bet it down from seven to five point five are the quote-unquote sharp guys. Yeah. So that's a, that's an indication that the sharp guys don't think that Duke is that good. Also, I mean, what an unlikely cover. For Duke in that game. Exactly. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Against Florida, it opened at two and a half. Got bet down to two, got bet down to one and a half. Again, it's not the general public that's betting Florida. 
it's the quote unquote wise guys. It's probably less important as the seven to five and a half, but I actually saw it went back to two and then leveraged towards Duke. Sort of. Yeah, so I mean that may have been the public, of course, but yeah, uh, you know Florida has a pretty decent following too. Okay, uh, it's more money being put on Duke on a general basis. So it's possible that the Sharps or Vegas thinks that Duke isn't like that great. Obviously, these are good teams we're playing. Yeah, Texas is not like Texas is clearly un- underrated. I, they, I, they should have been ranked. I thought. I thought the spread against Texas was going to be much bigger. And then Texas much bigger. came real close to beating a really good Gonzaga team the next next game. So yeah. I think they proved themselves, uh, although they're probably not feeling too great about losing both those games. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, uh, but, that's a but the season a like, point. It, 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 um, but it could be just they know young teams early can disappoint. Sure. So it doesn't necessarily indicate what the, what the Sharps are going to think a month or two from now. Right. But and, they have and, a lot to work on. There's no doubt. For sure. The team has a lot to work on. It's it's probably only going to get better. But also, like, the schedule is very favorable for us. Like, a lot of the tough yeah. ACC teams, we play them at home. So, yeah, it could be a magical ride. But Yeah, I'm looking if, at this road schedule. Uh, we don't play Notre Dame on the road. Notre Dame beat Wichita State. Sort of in a lucky fashion, but, I mean, they're we, we a very good team. We don't play UVA on the road either. By the way, I saw the UVA score. Did you see the score? Yeah, did you see the so score? UVA Wisconsin tonight. They win 47-39. And I was looking at that and just being like, wow, our games are like triple yeah. digits. We're, we're, we're like hitting 100 <laughs> against uh, Texas, I think. Yeah. Florida. That said, I'm in glad. In the first half. And I'm just glad. In the first half. I'm still glad we're not playing UVA at UVA. Um, we do have to play at North Carolina. Yeah. How about North Carolina getting trounced? Right. By uh, Michigan State. By Michigan State, the team, team. That, that we beat. Uh, Michigan State played really well in that game. Really I well. I didn't watch it. Uh, but Luke, I mean, Luke like, May. Luke May. Luke May is looking like. Luke May. Looks great. You're like, was he a walk on? Was he a walk on originally? He was a preferred walk on, or like a under that table handshake. Yeah. You, you walk on, and then we'll give you the first available scholarship that comes right. up. It wasn't a heralded recruit at all. He was like just inside the top 100. Um, okay, so he and, was and better. Than I want to say like Roy ran out of scholarships, but May's dad was like a QB at UNC like 30, 40 years ago. The um, guy is uh, was dominating until that Michigan State game. They had a, a poor shooting night. But, Luke May. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize Alex O'Connell's dad played basketball at Duke like in the 70s yeah they mentioned something yeah. about that and I did the math I was like dude his dad was pretty old when he, when he had him I just had a baby and I'm 41 <laughs> I mean that might have been so Alex O'Connell but yeah his dad I believe played Duke basketball like pre-Coach K days um, but I mean my point was we're going to play all these games against great ACC teams you're going to lose some of these like, it's just it's just a fact like can't play forty basketball games and win them all. You know the schedule is pretty compelling. I, I'm, I'm gonna compelling meaning like easy. It's like set up for us. It is set up to very maybe well. Maybe go, yeah. go on a magical ride. Yeah, I could see us only losing. I could really see us only losing one one game in the ACC, maybe two or three at the most. And we win the tournament, either tournament, both tournaments. Maybe maybe two maybe two two and a half. I think they're going to improve on on defense. Once again, you're disappointing. We got we got to go, Peter. You're disappointing. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Duval, you know, listens to this podcast, takes some notes. You should, you should write a sternly lettered, sternly worded email to somebody about about how to improve uh, 
Luke's team? I think they know. I think these guys know a lot better than I do. Okay. All right. Uh, with that, yeah. With that, we're gonna uh, we're gonna leave you guys alone. Uh, thanks for listening. If you hung in there the whole time, uh, we are the Duke Basketball Junkies podcast. Uh, we uh, we appreciate all you guys for to tuning in and subscribing, leaving uh, wonderful reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher for us, and uh, sending us emails to dukebasketballjunkies at gmail.com. Um, we haven't been tweeting much lately, but please do follow us at DukeBBJunkies uh, on Twitter. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be posting stuff occasionally on there as well. Uh, go Duke. <laughs> go Duke. Go Duke.